Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, and thank you for spending some time with me today. I've been at this life coaching thing for a long time. I've worked with thousands of people and I've gotten pretty good at recognizing some common patterns and struggles, specifically patterns that cause challenges (laughs) and often stop you in your tracks, right? Like challenges that will take a very capable, strong, powerful person just like you and literally stop you in your tracks. And one common struggle I've seen countless times over the years is the struggle to get good sleep when you're trying so hard to make positive changes in your life. And here's the thing, sleep can be tough, especially for people with anxiety, and it can be super frustrating. And I had one of my clients asked me like, Angela, this is one of the reasons I drank to quiet my mind. How do you learn to sleep when the chatter in your head is so loud? And that was one of my experiences too. I always said I would drink to quiet the noise in my head because that committee makes a lot of noise in my head. I had another client ask me why she was talking about how hard it is just to fall asleep in the beginning of her sobriety. And she said, no matter how many calming exercises I do before bed, I just can't go to sleep easily. What do you do when it feels like nothing is working? And I would imagine that you guys have felt some of these things too. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever wondered how you'll survive the nights of tossing and turning, waking up frustrated and still tired and feeling like there's no light at the end of the tunnel? Like, how the heck am I ever going to fix this? Well, you're not alone, my friend. It's all valid. And that's really why I wanted to have this conversation with you today, because I want you to have solutions. So let's get right to it and first talk a second about the level of the issue we're digging into. Because when I was doing the research for this episode, I was kind of shocked when I came across this statistic. There was a study by the National Sleep Foundation that said at least 40 million Americans suffer from over 70 different sleep disorders. And 60% of adults report having sleep problems a few nights a week or more. Most of those with these problems go undiagnosed and untreated. That's huge. And I absolutely fall into that category. You know, just in honor of transparency, I do not sleep well. I don't think I've ever slept well. I remember as young as teenage years, struggling to sleep. I had nightmares, like not horrible, but I definitely have always had problems sleeping. And then when I was drunk, of course, I just passed out. But that's not good (laughs) restful sleep either, as we all learned the hard way. 
And it's kind of surprising to me also, like all the things that happen when you're asleep. And that was another reason I wanted to put some focus on this topic because it's just so important in so many ways. And the most common sleep disorders, first of all, I had no idea that there were over 70 different sleep disorders. That kind of blew my mind in that statistic. But I just, the most common ones, I'm just going to give you a few, and they're the ones that we hear about pretty regularly. Insomnia, of course, which is the inability to sleep. Uh, Sleep apnea, which is when your breathing stops and starts while you're asleep, which will obviously then wake you up. Snoring, which I did not know was considered a sleep disorder. And restless leg syndrome. And one thing I want to connect here also, because you know, all of this is about mental wellness. And what we do on this podcast and everything we talk about is really focused around mental wellness. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention trauma also affects sleep. So if you have unresolved trauma, or if you're a person like me for a long time, I didn't even realize I had trauma, you know, (laughs) like, I definitely knew I had some unfortunate situations in my life, but nothing that I would have really thought of as trauma. I didn't ever put myself in that category until I educated myself, right? And learned that there are tons of just regular everyday life things that internalize as trauma. So all of us have some trauma, but trauma affects sleep too. And here's something I want you to think about. Because sobriety gets blamed for everything. Everybody thinks sobriety is so hard. Being sober is so hard. When really life is hard. Whether you're an alcoholic or not. It has nothing to do with recovery. Life is challenging. And remember, I'm a life coach. I work with a ton of people that don't have any addiction issues. Life is just as challenging for them. Relationship stuff, job stuff, guilt and shame, parenting, all they have all the same issues. <laughs> so it's not about recovery or sobriety is so hard. Life is hard. And sleep problems get blamed on sobriety. People say, oh, I quit drinking and now I can't sleep. Bad food habits get blamed on sobriety. I got clean and sober and now I'm eating out of control and eating sugar by the truckload. And here's the deal, you guys. We drink to numb feelings, escape the feelings that don't feel good. Essentially, any addictive thing, whether it's alcohol, sex, drugs, or food, those are the things we use to manipulate how we feel, to change how we feel. That's the underlying thing that drives us to seek a substance or behavior to change how we feel because we don't feel good about ourselves and our situations. It's not sobriety's fault that you have challenges in your life or that you have financial issues and family issues and relationship issues. It's not sobriety's fault that you are overeating and it's not sobriety's fault that you can't sleep. It's all the underlying discomfort that's at the core of all of that. And when you take your substance or behavior of choice away, right, when you take my alcohol away, 
you will naturally gravitate to other behaviors that also change how you feel and allow you to escape and numb. That's why we turn to all these other things. And you've heard me say this before too, you know, a lot of, uh, all of us in addiction typically have a secondary compulsion that's pretty strong too, right? For a lot of women, it's food. Many, many women turn to food. We also turn to relationships. We can create some really unhealthy, toxic relationships because we all know, and then the, here it is, a lot of guys turn to sex and women, right? Or relationships. We all know how good it feels when you like somebody and somebody likes you back. We all know how good that feels. That's its own high, right? And that's why we will naturally gravitate. People want to hook up when they go to treatment or they're sitting in AA and they're sober 20 minutes and all of a sudden they want to find somebody to start dating. It's like, oh my God. Like I was a disaster of a human when I got sober. I had no business dating. It was, it wasn't even nice for me (laughs) to try to date somebody because it was more like taking a hostage. It wasn't a healthy dating situation. So anyway, the whole point being, it's not about recovery, guys. You have to understand that it's not sobriety's fault that you have these other issues. It's that we naturally gravitate toward things to change how we feel because we don't feel good. That's why I do now what am I 200 plus podcasts talking about how to feel better so you can regulate yourself better. So you're not constantly going for things to escape and numb and change how you feel. You have to get in touch with that stuff if you want your life to really be good and you want to recover and change and grow and be a better person and have a more problem-free life. Okay, let's start this conversation with the importance of sleep because this kind of surprised me also. Why is sleep important? Your body and brain do so many things when you're asleep. So um, memory, and this is a huge thing that's affected by drinking too. You know, when you have substances in your body, your brain, we don't process and store memories correctly. And a lot of that is done while you sleep, right? So as a drunk, for me, when I pass out every night, none of my systems are operating optimally, right? (laughs) Like my body and brain weren't on top of their game because I poisoned them. So there's several brain functions affected by sleep. Memory, um, again, like I said, not being able to sleep just like drinking or drugs will affect memory processing and saving. Um, Performance, obviously, cognition, uh, sleep disruption, affects stress hormones and stress hormones affect cognition. Um, Weight gain. There's a link between weight gain and short sleep patterns. Uh, Researchers suggest that sleep deprivation is associated with higher levels of the hunger hormone, um, salt retention, and inflammatory markers. Uh, Calorie regulation is another one similar to weight gain. There's evidence that suggests that a good night's sleep can help a person's body take in fewer calories. 
Athletic performance, of course. Did you know your body heals while you sleep? I didn't learn that until I started working out really regularly. Um, well, many years ago when I worked out really regularly. But yeah, your body heals during sleep, which gives you better endurance and energy, uh, makes you faster, obviously affects your mental functioning. Lower risk of heart disease. This blew my mind. One risk factor for heart disease is high blood pressure. And getting good rest each night allows your body's blood pressure to regulate itself. Emotional and social intelligence. My favorite thing on the planet is emotional intelligence, right? Somebody who doesn't get good sleep is more likely to have issues recognizing other people's emotions and expressions. That's kind of crazy to think about. Depression. Sleep problems impair emotional regulation and stability, also altering neural processes. So sleep loss can result in cognitive disturbances that lead to a higher risk for depression. Inflammation, inflammation in your body. Um, There's a link between getting good sleep and reducing inflammation in your body, which is huge, especially if you're a person who struggles with joint pain or achiness or fibromyalgia, right? Like you want to do everything in your power to lower that inflammation in your body and a stronger immune system. Sleep is when your body repairs, regenerates, and recovers, and that goes for your immune system also. So as you can see, sleep is incredibly important. And what I want to get into here in this episode really is a simple sleep hygiene and sleep routine, because I think a lot of people don't have this at all. And I don't want to get crazy and super complicated with this because, you know, the more simple you can keep something the better the odds are that you can actually follow through on it and make it work for you. So I really want to keep this very, very simple. And I want you to think about how important it is. If you're having problems sleeping, I want you to take action on some of these things and try to address the problem. There are so many things we do in our daily lives that can really have a huge impact on this. And I see this at my sober houses all the time too, right? These guys will be walking around with these gigantic energy drinks all day long, these gigantic cans of energy drinks, and then they're popping sleeping pills at night. And I'm like, oh my God, your poor freaking body and brain are so confused. You know, (laughs) like you have to think about those things and take responsibility for your actions. If you don't sleep well, then don't drink crazy things all day long or in the afternoon, right? There are, we can figure out solutions to all of this stuff, but I want you to think about how you are working against yourself, right? That's the thing we really want to stop. We just want to start getting a plan where everything works together instead of those mixed messages. Like I'm going to drink freaking energy drinks all day and then pop sleeping pills at night. Not the best plan, my friends. So I want to talk about some super simple sleep hygiene a sleep routine that you can start putting together for yourself 
to feel better. This is about you feeling better and being better in your life. It's not important to anybody else. You are important to you and you are your responsibility. So let's start figuring this stuff out. And I have a lot of experience with this too, you guys, because like I said a few minutes ago, I have always had sleep problems. I've had to really put some time in figuring this out for me. And some of what works for me are not the normal things. And I'm going to share that with you too, because this is about you figuring out the solutions for you, what works for you. And oftentimes I think when they talk about these things like sleep hygiene, sleep routines, and sleep studies, like I'm not sure that they're taking people with anxiety into account, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like a lot of people have anxiety, but those of us with addiction definitely have anxiety on another level. And that's the thing to me that really causes my sleep challenges because my brain is going so fast and nonstop, like you hear me say the committee in my head, that committee is on freaking fire 24-7. So when it comes time for my head to hit the pillow and go to sleep, the volume of the committee when the world gets quiet and it's nighttime and my head hits the pillow, the volume of the committee goes way up. And there's no way I'm going to fall asleep when the committee is on fire like that. So how I do things aren't necessarily the norm. And maybe that will work for you too. So we're going to talk about that too. But the first thing I want to say is a routine, right? Try to start getting some sort of routine in order. And you probably already have one and don't even realize it. But a little bit of a routine in the evening that signals to your body that we're going to start winding down right? For me, this is um, brush my teeth and wash my face and put my pajamas on, right? Like that's the big signal. Like, okay, we're winding down. We're going from crazy entrepreneur brain mode to we're chilling out and relaxing. We're shutting down the computer. We're going into personal time and off business time. That's the beginning of my routine. Brush my teeth, wash my face, put my comfies on. Another thing that you can do is have a fixed time that you go to bed and wake up every day and keep that consistent even on the weekends, right? This is something I've done for years um, for me just because it's the easiest way to function, right? Like I don't want – like sometimes I might stay up a little bit later, especially if I'm binging something on Hulu and I'm really into it. I have a series I'm really into. I might stay up later and watch an extra episode or something. That's not going to make a huge difference. But if you typically go to bed at 10 p.m. and then it hits the weekend and you're staying up till 2 a.m., that's not doing your body and your brain any favors. So just think about that kind of stuff. That's one simple thing you can do. Have a regular time that you go to bed every night and a regular time that you wake up every morning. That helps your body's circadian rhythm. That's our natural rhythm of being, and it allows your body and your brain to regulate. Again, no crazy energy drinks in the afternoon or coffee or tea, whatever your thing is. If it's caffeinated, if you have a hard time winding down to go to sleep, 
I would cut out all the caffeine, certainly in the afternoon hours after lunchtime. Another thing to think about is your sleep environment, right? Your bedroom. Is it relaxing and cozy? This was something many years ago that I did that made such a huge difference because, you know, being a a forever single person, I've always lived in apartments, right? That's just what makes the most sense for me. It's just me and my dog. And uh, I certainly don't want the maintenance and care and expense of a house. Uh, I've always traveled a lot. I love being able to walk out my door and just not think about my home. And apartments have usually really horrible overhead light, right? So many years ago, I was like, gosh, you know what? I'm going to get some lamps in my room, like make it nice and stop using that stupid overhead light because it's like torture. I'm telling you, that was a game changer. When I can walk in my room and turn those lamps on and it's soft light, it's super cozy it's warm light, like it feels good. That's its own relaxation thing. And bedding, like making my bed fluffy and awesome, like I can't wait to crawl into that thing. It's such a beautiful space. So think about those things, your sleep environment. Make it relaxing and cozy and make it feel good where you really just want to crawl in there and chill out. Another thing you can do is a sound machine. And I've always heard of sound machines, but I didn't really think about them too much until one of my brothers got a sound machine for one of my nephews. And man, I love that thing. It's set on a timer. So especially when he was younger, as soon as he would hear his sound machine go on, he knew right here was his sleep routine. As soon as he heard his sound machine click on, I think it went on at 8 p.m. As soon as he heard that thing go on, he knew it was time to start getting ready for bed. It was time to change into his pajamas, get his teeth brushed, and get into bed, right? Like this kid is from one years old had a freaking sleep routine, you know? But I love his sound machine. Now he's three, he still has it. It goes off. And I love that thing. When I'm over at his house and I hear it, it is genuinely relaxing. I keep saying I'm going to get one and I haven't done it yet. I need to do that. So a sound machine has white noise and there's a lot of science behind that noise being relaxing. And there's all kinds of noise. It can be water noise. It can be just white noise. There's tons of them. But if that's something that will help you, because like me, I think this is an anxiety thing too. I don't do great in complete silence. I like to especially at night because I'm scared of the dark. God, you guys are learning all kinds of things about me, huh? (laughs) I am genuinely afraid of the dark. So I like to have a little bit of noise because if I don't have some kind of noise, then every single sound I hear, I imagine that it's someone breaking in my house and I'm getting ready to have to fight for my life. It's just where my brain goes. I'm not telling you it's rational. I'm just telling you that's where the committee goes. The committee is in constant fight mode if it's too quiet. So I have to have some noise. So think about those things with yourself. What do you need? Who are you? What are your things? And how can you make this work for you? 
obviously any kind of meditation or, you know, a few minutes of deep belly breaths to get into that relaxation mode, all of those things can become a part of your sleep routine. You just want to build a routine that signals to your body when it's time to start winding down. Now, I'll tell you another thing for me, and this is the thing in my sleep hygiene that doesn't fit in most of the things you'll read like on the internet. I sleep with the television on. And that is for two reasons. One is what I just talked about a second ago in that I don't do well when it's too quiet, right? Because I will wake up all night long and think I hear footsteps coming down my hallway. So that's one reason. I have to have some kind of noise. The second thing is that damn committee. I put the television on because, like I said earlier, when my head hits the pillow, the committee is still going in overdrive. So when I turn the television on, it gives the committee something to listen to so the committee can get out of life and work and entrepreneur mode, right? (laughs) Like I literally have to distract the committee so it's not going... Uh, this is what you didn't do today. You should have done this. You missed this. You forgot to do this. You forgot to return this phone call tomorrow. You have to do this. Don't forget you got to get up five minutes earlier. Henry needs this, whatever. Like the committee goes nonstop. I have the television on so that the committee has something to focus on, which then allows me to relax and fall asleep. And if I wake up in the middle of the night it's still on. I put it on something that has its own kind of sleep mode. So the actual program will go off and it goes on just a super relaxing song kind of thing. So that's typically what I hear when I wake up because I toss and turn all night. Um, You know, I'm always flopping one side to the other and going around my dog and whatever. So I like having that noise. It's very comforting to me, right? But again, I think that's an anxiety thing. Like I have to give the committee something to focus its energy on so it's not focused on me and my day and what I'm doing and not doing and where I'm screwing things up and, you know, all the lovely things the committee likes to say to us every day. Okay, last thing, and I'm going to close this up because I've kept you long enough. If you're like me and you wake up a thousand times throughout the night, stay in bed and keep your eyes closed, right? Don't, don't immediately let the committee kick in and go, oh my God, here we are. Oh, I can't believe this is happening again. This is going to be terrible. I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. I'm going to be grumpy. Like don't start future tripping and deciding that your next 30 hours are going to be miserable, okay? Get back into some of these relaxation things. Stay in bed. Keep your eyes closed. If you need to adjust the temperature, that's huge for a lot of us too. And that's part of making your room cozy and relaxing, right? Is make sure you've got your temperature where you like it. If you want a fan on, make sure you turn that thing on. I have to get up often. I'm a very hot person. I'm always hot. So sometimes I have to get up, especially in the summer, is miserable to me. Sometimes I got to get up and I got to turn the air down a little bit. So whatever you need to do to get comfortable, especially waking up in the middle of the night, don't just immediately jump up and be mad and, you know, feel like your next day is already ruined. Try to get back in relaxation mode. 
right? Another thing you can do, you know, put some earbuds in. If you sleep next to somebody and you don't want to bug them, put some earbuds in and listen to something relaxing. Listen to a meditation. One of the greatest things you can do if you can't fall asleep is read a book you don't like. I mean, a book will put you to sleep so freaking fast if you don't like it. So just start with those things. I'm going to recap really quickly. A routine. Start building a routine that signals to your body that it's time to wind down, right? Brush your teeth, wash your face, put your PJs on. Go to bed and wake up at the same time. Get real regular with those times and do it. No caffeine in the afternoon. Okay, stop being silly if you're doing this like my guys do with these gigantic energy drinks and then popping sleeping pills. Just knock that off, right? Help your body. Work with your brain and your body. And then create a sleep environment that feels really yummy to you. Really relaxing and cozy. Get some noise going in there. Get a fan going in there. Whatever you need. Earbuds with meditation. Put a book that you can't stand on your bedside table. So if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can start reading that damn thing. It'll put you right back to sleep. Okay? Just start with those things. Keep it simple and make a commitment to taking action. Don't complain about having sleep problems and then do absolutely nothing to solve the problem and continue complaining about it. It may take a minute to figure out what works for you, and that's okay too. But start trying things and experimenting and see what works for you. Okay? Start with those things. I hope this episode has been great information for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.